Hi, I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to this podcast on the major themes of scripture. Such an important study. I'm glad you're here. It's where we bring together from across the Bible the scripture that's important to us in the church uh, so you know how to think about issues such as Christ and salvation and the Christian walk. Uh, Here at Teleos, we believe the Bible's true to every topic that it addresses. Uh, All the Bible is God's word. Our focus here is in the New Testament epistles, the apostolic letters, starting in Romans 8, which are the focus of what we are to believe and do as Christians. Otherwise, it's the most advanced thought of the meeting of Christ coming and how we act in the church. Paul, John, and Peter, especially Paul, have brought together what they, they know from Christ and what he wanted to tell the church that he couldn't really tell in the Gospels. So what we have in the epistles is more advanced revelation than the all-important Gospels telling us of our precious Savior's coming, death, and resurrection. So that's our focus. Uh, please uh, read the disclaimer uh, on the website. Uh, that's where you'll find the show notes as well. And just uh, heads up, I'm not a theologian. I'm trained in the scriptures over many years. Uh, my wife, Jeanette, and I uh, spent some time at Dallas Theological Seminary. And I, I think that is the closest tradition uh, that this uh, webcast or po- uh, podcast would uh, match. But we basically, this is a biblical theology, so we're just looking at scripture itself and trying to teach you what that is. We This is an all-inclusive course uh, that, that initiates you into theology or major themes, so by the end of it, uh, you will be well-versed, hopefully, and articulate in what the Bible says in its major themes. <clears throat> so welcome. Of course, we always wish uh, comments and questions uh, in at the website as well. We're in a wonderful section on the Holy Spirit. This is so important. It is so under-taught. Uh, By the churches, generally, I find that our students and disciples are generally just almost completely ignorant of this such important topic. We started it a few weeks ago talking about the unvariable roles, invariable roles, I'm not sure the word there, sorry, of the Holy Spirit that he will do for us no matter what. And then for a few weeks, we've been talking about the variable roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, based on our obedience. These are great sessions. Please go back and listen to them. Uh, particularly last week on Leadership Today, we're on the power of the Holy Spirit. This is just really vital uh, that uh, uh, we understand how to get God's power. I, I remember a few years ago, I was having lunch with my pastor, and, and he was the head of a, a big church, and, and he states, you know, I just really would like to know how to see God's power in my life. Well, it, it's nice because the answer is very clear in Scripture. In the passage, a wonderful passage on the armor of God, Ephesians 10, excuse me, 6, verses 10 through 17. This is using the imagery of God's power with as a Greek hoplite. The Greek hoplites were a well-respected, uh, infantrymen that were was based out of Greek Greece 
that had a particular armor and a particular formation called the phalanx formation that was formidable in battle. And if those of you who are familiar, especially with the Persian Wars, this is phalanx formation of the Greek hoplites that really defeated <clears throat> the Persian infantry in two major battles, the Battle of Marathon and the Battle of Plataea in the early uh, uh, 5th century BC. And the Romans uh, copied this formation also for a while. So there were six pieces of armor, and we're going to discuss these and, and how they image God's power. But it's important to realize that uh, God, Paul addresses the connection of the hoplite with God's power at Ephesians 6.10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So he's telling us to be strong in his power. And in verse 11, he tells us how. But on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, <clears throat> who is our adversary, who, who pushes and prods <clears throat> the people who are against us, who are unbelievers. So then starting then in verse 13, um, really 14, he describes these pieces of armor. He says, put on the gird yourself, otherwise with a belt, of truth. So we as Christians should know the truth, which is in God's word, and that helps us gird, in a sense, our loins, it says. Now, what in the world does that mean? Because I don't know anybody today who girds their loins, and if they do, I don't think I really even want to see it. But what it meant back then was important because these hoplite soldiers wore a skirt. They didn't really have pants back then, and it hung down to their ankles. So when they went into war, uh, they did not want to let the skirt hang down so they might trip on it. So they picked it up and tucked it in their belt. They girded their loins. So it's the truth that prepared them for battle. So it's the truth of God's word that prepares us for battle. Okay? So that's the piece number one to the armor. Now, how does that relate to the spirit? Well, the spirit is related to all these pieces of armor in that it helps us obtain that characteristic. So the spirit is integral in obtaining God's power. And we know from Ephesians 5, 9, that the spirit produces us. One of the fruits of the spirit is truth, as it is righteousness in verse 14 as well. Otherwise, having the breastplate of righteousness. Otherwise, if you have a just heart, an upstanding heart, a heart that does right, then you'll be able to put off um, uh, attacks that will try to hit your heart, basically. And again, from Ephesians 5, 9, <clears throat> this comes from the Spirit. The third piece is to shod our feet with the gospel of peace. Otherwise, it's the gospel. How, how does that do? What does it do if to have to do with defeat? Well, defeat carries the infantryman, <clears throat> the hoplite, in battle. If you didn't have feet, you couldn't exactly go on the offense, could you? You'd be stuck where you are. So Christians go forward with the gospel, and the gospel is, in a sense, offensive weapon. It's the spirit we know from John. Uh, 16, 8 to 11, that convicts Christians. 
uh, to come to faith and regenerates them into new people and places them in, in the church. And we know from Romans 1, 16 and 17, the gospel is the power of God. So it's one of the manifestations of the power to God to see change in people's life who really come to faith. And the Spirit's a part of that as well. All right. So we've had three ways in which uh, we have power from God through this hoplite um, imagery, all assisted by the Spirit. That we are, we stand in the truth of Scripture we're, that prepares ourselves. Righteousness deflects evil from our hearts, and we go forward uh, and and see the power of God in people's lives through the gospel. Number four is faith. So again, this is important, and it's related to the shield and the shield of faith in verse uh, fifth, sixteen in the uh, armor of God passage deflects the fiery darts of the devil. Again, the, the faith is related, again, to the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. The fifth one, then, very important also, in verse 17, is the helmet of salvation. It's our hope. It protects our mind. The knowledge of salvation protects our minds throughout our life. And interestingly, it is the spirit that helps us know we have that hope from Romans 15, 13. He helps us know we have that hope. And actually in Romans 8, 16, he comforts us with the knowledge that we're the children of God. Last is, and also very important, is the sword of the spirit. So here it's very directly, very direct. The word here for word is rima, exactly what is said by God. So the Spirit uses exactly what is said by God, which we find in Scripture, of course, to affect uh, our lives and other other people's lives um, with Scripture. So we see the power of God through Scripture and through the action of the Spirit. So when we're speaking Scripture, when we're doing Scripture, this enables the Spirit to act through us. Wow. So... Faith, helmet of salvation, the word of God in our lives. And, of course, we started with the with truth, righteousness, and the gospel. These six pieces of armor uh, help us have the power of God in our lives, and they're all affected by the Holy Spirit. Wow, such great promises. How do you, how do you build these? Well, these six characteristics— well, again, I, I, the emphasis here uh, at Teleos is we, that we build these attributes by two directions. One is accepting the Word of God and studying the Word of God prospectively. You do it ahead of time, so you stay out of trouble. You know, if a Greek infantryman ran into battle about his armor, he gets slaughtered. And yet that's what a lot of Christians do by not knowing Scripture. And, and we look at it and study it perhaps when we're, we're in trouble. After the fact, we dress in the armor before battle, and that helps protect us. So we're prospectively getting in the scripture, and we're living righteous life. And I, we do this by what I call the five tools maturity uh, from Acts 2.42 and 47. Uh, the, uh, what the first church did in their actions, 
They were in prayer, faith, fellowship, getting teaching, and reaching out. So if you're doing those two things, all those five tools, and and, and getting in and studying scripture, and that will that'll help you build these characteristics in your life. So you'll know God's power and you'll know the power of the Spirit specifically. Great stuff, important stuff. Thanks for joining me today. Now, next time we'll talk about our responsibilities to the Spirit. We'll sort of uh, turn the tables here and, and what we should do from our end. Again, hope this was helpful. Look forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye for now.